we've literally been in business for, you know, less than three weeks. And oh, cool. the people already that have reached out in the endurance sports community, especially like they were the first ones to discover rally, get excited and start engaging with us. Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew. And I'm Michael. And this is the Endurance Innovation Podcast. Hey, everyone, and uh, welcome back to Endurance Innovation. Uh, sadly, Andrew's stuck in another meeting. He seems to be uh, a very popular individual right now. But uh, if he's able to, he's going to join us midway through the show. But uh, I have the privilege of introducing Alan Wood of Rally Beer. And uh, you might find yourself a little bit surprised that uh, Endurance Innovation is uh, interviewing a, a beer startup. But uh, Rally is not your typical, a typical hops beverage. Um, they actually have quite a bit of a tie-in with, uh, with sport in general and potentially the endurance sport community as well. So, Alan, welcome to the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about Rally Beer. Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me, Michael. Really excited to be here. Um, this is my first ever podcast, so, you know, a little nervous, Woo! just in case, you know, you guys sense anything. Um, but yeah, really excited to, to talk about Rally and kind of give a bit of an introduction here and, you know, look forward to a good conversation with, with you guys. Awesome. Um, you know, Rally is something that it, it goes back a little bit of ways and, uh, and it's very much so tied into my personal history. So I'll just give kind of a brief overview there. Yeah, please do. And so about 10 years ago, when I first graduated from university, you know, I moved home, absolutely no clue what I was going to do. So what did I do? I bought some homebrew equipment, started brewing beer in my parents' kitchen, uh, got into that, ended up landing my first ever job. It was at a, a local craft brewery in Oakville, Ontario, where I'm from. And they gave me a great opportunity there where I got to apprentice the brewmaster, uh, but I had to do a whole bunch of dirty jobs, you know, <laughs> sticking labels on bottles, cleaning bottles, actually bottling beer. Um, but in the in and amongst that, they kind of gave us exposure into how to work with the LCBO. You know, they gave us some insight into, you know, the accounting behind it and all the paperwork required. So, you know, I got a little bit of a background there. Um, but as things happen, you know, the student loan bills were still piling up and, you know, wasn't making a ton of money doing that. So, you know, I ended up kind of parking that, that part of my career and, and I've been in uh, technology, software, um, ever since so about 2011 till, till very recently. Um, so, you know, I've always had this passion for beer. I love creating things, uh, consider myself quite creative and entrepreneurial. I've done a couple other, uh, projects in beer. Uh, one of which was actually just a fun plug. It was a product called brew V and we raised about $40,000 on Kickstarters on a UV protected beer glass. So your beer okay. wouldn't get gunky in the sun when you're sitting out on the patio. Huh. How quickly does that happen? I'm, this is now, now you're getting into the kind of the engineering interest of me. You guys would love this. It's um, that chemical reaction occurs like it, it basically occurs immediately, definitely within 10 seconds. No way. And it's a reaction between the UV rays and the iso alpha acids, which are prevalent in the hops. So okay. the bittering agent. Okay. Now that skunky flavor is accentuated, you know, as the beer also warms up in temperature. So you know, it's not a massive difference, you know, that first couple of sips on the patio. Um, sure. 
but it was definitely noticeable in a taste test. It wasn't just a gimmick. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Within seconds, um, that is super neat. So, um, so what happened with this project? You know, we pre-sold all these glasses, and then we start going out. You know, we actually, funny enough, we were able to land meetings in with like Labatt, Budweiser, and there's all oh crazy. Best, um, you know, as a marketing kind of thing for them. But, you know, we started reaching out to glass manufacturers and just just no one wanted to talk to us. Really? Was it a very involved involved uh, manufacturing process? Was there a lot of, you know, you know, keep your secrets, obviously, but uh, was it hard to do? Like you need to be ordering millions of these things to get a competitive. Product. Okay. You know, Labatt's buying a pint glass clear one for about a nickel. <laughs> and um, so anyways, what we ended up doing, what, because we, we had already pre-sold these things, we ended up hand blowing. 5,000 glasses. No uh, we fulfilled all our Kickstarter orders. We got into a bunch of kind of gift shops like the Drake General Store in Toronto, BYOB, kind of a cool kind of bartendy kind of shop, kitschy shop. Um, we had a lot of fun. It was a side project. I was doing my MBA at the time uh, with a good friend of mine, Ian Ritchie. We, we did this brewy thing on the side. I don't know if it was a little bit of immaturity and just youth, but you know, we, we didn't decide to pursue that as a business. Yeah. We start trying to think about, you know, manufacturing millions of glasses and then needing a warehouse and, you know, sales and distribution and how are we going to actually figure this out uh, at a large scale. So we got a bit scared. I know Ender's kicking himself now because he is, uh, he loves talking about this stuff and he's got a lot more experience on the manufacturing side since uh, his first okay. his first gig was um, primarily their, their, their primary product was bike trainers. And so they were, you know, he has quite a bit of experience with, you know, he wasn't selling millions of these things, obviously, but they were, you know, all of the, all of the logistics and the, um, the costs involved in, in scale, in manufacturing to scale is something that yeah. he, he loves talking about. Um, okay, cool. But yeah, that's. Well, <laughs> with rallies launch, people are asking me, well, are you going to get the Bruvy glasses going again? I'm like, oh man, I'm like, I'm busy. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't take this on, but I hope someone else does. Um, that's awesome. Do you have, you have IP for this? Do you, is it, is it protected? We got a trademark, yeah. you know, for the name. Okay. Um, but it's the reason why beer is traditionally packaged in a brown bottle. Sure. Because that, that amber brown glassware filters out the UV rays. Mm-hmm. Um, anything packaged in a clear green bottle, it's just a scientific fact that it's going skunky. Even the lights from inside your fridge over time skunk the beer. Yeah. Um, but an even better package is like they do in Germany, you know, those ceramic steins with the lids. Yeah. Those are those are kind of done that way on purpose, so that it's dark in there and there's nothing interacting with the beer. So, what about cans? Well, cans are perfect, right? They don't let in uh, any any light either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cans a great package. Love love a can. Awesome. I love how this is. Uh, we're already we're already diving down a rabbit hole of, <laughs> yeah, uh, of uh, keeping keeping your beer fresh and, and making sure that it doesn't uh, it doesn't yeah. go stunky on you. Yeah. So that being said, you know, I got a bit of experience in the beer industry. Um, I love it. Love the passion. I like doing creative things. Um, and I like kind of getting creative about how to build a business around them and certainly had my fair share of, uh, you know, failed attempts and and learning. So, um, you know, it's been a fun journey here. Uh, and then, you know, I guess I've been kicking around the idea of doing a brewery really since about like 2015 when we kind of stopped doing brewery. Um, but I just didn't quite know how to do it. You know, I didn't have a lot of money. So kind of opening up a physical brewery in my neighborhood was never really an option. Mm-hmm. So I was always trying to think of getting creative ways to do it or, you know, unique ways to brand it that kind of spoke to me. You know, I've, I, I think I'm 
okay at kind of noticing when there's a gap, at least in my lifestyle. So I've been doing that. And then, but really what kind of turned the corner with me with uh, rally was, you know, when I got into endurance gravel bike riding, I was, uh, it was about a year ago and I okay. was planning this, this bike trip called the butter chart 700. Yeah. I, uh, I know of it. You, yeah. You've heard of it. I have. Yep. Okay. So anyways, it's this, there's a, bu- there's a bunch of people I've never done it, but there's a, there's a bunch of folks who I, who are kind of in my circle uh, in Toronto who, uh, who were talking about it. Oh, cool. So last year I set out on the butter chart 700, um, you know, on my own for a solo ride. First time ever nice. doing a bike packing trip. For, I'd never even rode over 100K. And I was like, I'm going to go do a butter tart seven. <laughs> Ambitious. I like it. <laughs> four days. It's the whole time I could get off work. And I was like, I have to try it this year. Um, <laughs> I'd been through a lot of personal life changing stuff, you know, from a relationship ending and, you know, going back even a few years prior, like losing my dad uh to, to mental illness and so you know it get kind of it was just like i need to go and do this for me i'm gonna i love got into gravel biking i loved it i usually go down those rabbit holes whenever i pick up a new hobby <laughs> so i was out on the butter tart 700 a lot of time on the saddle a lot of alone time to think and i was getting really into all these cool new products that i discovered as a result of getting into cycling like like, you know, the Endurance Tap kind of maple syrup guys, like these sure, different yeah. types of energy gels, you know, all these crazy types of bars. Um, and I was constantly putting electrolytes into my water bottles. Like every time I'm stopping and filling up, I was putting electrolytes yep. in my water bottles. And I was just kind of really into these products. And I just thought they were so cool and how they were tied into like, you know, you're out on an adventure, you're out having fun. I just loved everything about the way they were like branded and the the kind of the the fun of consuming them because you're consuming it usually in conjunction with doing something you love. Mm-hmm. So it was on that trip. And then, you know, as it goes, you know, you're, you're riding you know, 150, 200 K a day, all gravel roads and Bruce trail and uh, hiking your bike a lot. And, you know, at the end of the day, I was like, man, I just, I need to go find like a little small town pub and like have a beer. <laughs> Yeah. So it was actually on that trip. I started thinking, well, it'd be really cool to do a beer brand that spoke to similar outdoor adventure values. I didn't really feel like there was one in the market. And then it was almost just like a light bulb went off. I was like, I wonder what about if I could combine like electrolytes and beer? And I was putting the electrolytes in my water. I was like, that'd be really cool as like a post ride drink. Hmm. And it was just a thought. Um, and then, you know, you got to go on this mission. So you keep biking and, you know, you're going for longer than I probably bargained for. Um, and it was funny. I was rolling through Thornberry, Ontario. One of my best friends had just opened up a restaurant. I was loving his journey of, you know, being an entrepreneur. He was going out on a limb, opening a restaurant in a small town. He moved from London, England to do it. Like he went from like the biggest city in the world to Thornberry. <laughs> and I was like, this is insane. I was just like, dude, I love that you're just out here just like going for it. And that night over dinner, I was sleeping on his couch because Thornberry's right on the butter tart. And um, I started telling him about, hey, I had this idea. Like, and they know me as like a beer guy because I did the brew V thing. You know, I'd work in the in the breweries before. I used to home brew and, you know, show up to parties with, you know, some home brew and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, it wasn't out of character for me to be like, hey, I got this idea for this new beer thing. Anyways, that's my, my now co-founder, Spencer. And he was like, <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. And, you know, I think he was feeling it you know, he had just kind of opened the restaurant. And so 
even something that seems super, super daunting. He's like, you can do it. Like, just start doing it. So got back from the butter tart. And literally, that's what I started doing was just started trying to figure out how to make it a reality. And then, you know, about a year later, uh, I was doing the butter tart this year as the last thing that I kind of did before I went full time into rally. So, you know, I've really only been full time at rally since July 1st. I had my last day at previous job, June 30th. Cool. Um, the last year has been a lot of behind the scenes work, you know, doing the recipe development. You know, as soon as I got home, I rebought all the homebrew equipment. I was back living at home with my mom, as embarrassing as that is. We were brewing in her garage, experimenting with ingredients. <laughs> I was pitching the LCBO from my mom's basement, you know, literally talking to them on the phone about it. And I'm like, yeah, well, I've got the whole team here. <laughs> just me in the basement, just like trying to work it. And you, you weren't lying. <laughs> I, wasn't, I, were, I wasn't lying. The whole team is there. Uh, we're all working hard on it. And, um, you know, it just things were just kind of falling into place. And, you know, it was just like one very much so like organically, just like you have one challenge or blocker that you had to get over. And, and I just kept kind of putting one foot in front of the other and, and, and making strides. And then, you know, once we kind of landed the LCBO listing, I was like, okay, wow. Like I'm, I'm now I'm like, I got to go all in. Um, so that was kind of like right, right around the time that kind of COVID was taking hold as well. Yep. So there's all this other stresses in the world and you're kind of really feeling like you're on uncertain ground. But, uh, I just really had this like overwhelming feeling like, Hey, this is my chance. Like, you know, right now I've got the time, I've got the passion, you know, um, you know, single at the time I was like, I got to go for this. Like, this is, this is my calling. And, you know, I was dissatisfied previously and, and kind of all my jobs just cause I never really felt that, that passion before. Yeah. And uh yeah, here we are. Like it's been about almost about a year since the the that first kind of light bulb moment and it was pretty surreal to to see our cans on the LCBO shelf. I was freaking out that like the barcodes weren't going to scan. <laughs> like, I didn't know. I never done a barcode before. Like just all these little things that came together and um you know, it's crazy now just to see the community kind of you know, making it their own a little bit and starting to see, you know, strangers having it post run. And, you know, I've been really, really thrilled to see the the reception, especially in the endurance sports community. It's been so supportful. It's such a positive group of people. And, uh, you know, so I'm just kind of more fired up right now more than ever to just, you know, keep making this thing a, a hit. And we can't wait to introduce new new beers as well. That's awesome. So, Alan, I do want to talk about the kind of the uh, the natural uh, mix with the the endurance community, but let's talk about the beer first. Yep. So, right now, you guys have uh, have one beer that you brew. Um, tell me about it. Yeah, this first beer, you know, our our rally golden ale. Really excited about it. Like, absolutely, you know, ecstatic with how the beer turned out. Um, it's an unfiltered, oaty, super hazy golden ale as a base. Okay, but for anyone who's a beer nerd out there, it's probably not going to taste like a golden ale to them, and that's because we brew with uh, Newfoundland sea salts that we sourced because they're super high in minerals, and we brew with um, black currant because they're rich in a lot of the electrolytes that we wanted, so potassium, magnesium, and calcium. Mm -hmm. So because of the black currant and the salt, it it has a bit of a different mouthfeel to it. Um, it's got a brightness to it 
So, you know, it's certainly not a light beer, but it tastes kind of very light and refreshing. Which I guess is key if you're marketing it to folks post, post-workout. post You don't want, you know, you don't want to do, you, you don't want a Guinness after your, you know, after your marathon. No, I don't think so either. Uh, <laughs> although, you know, there might be, I could see in Ireland, it's rainy. It might be kind of nice. Um, if it was a very co- uh, cold and wet <laughs> marathon, maybe. Yeah, exactly. yeah. But yeah, in the hot weather. Uh, like I'm, I'm thrilled with, with this beer and it was actually one of our, just a kind of complete stranger customer. I'm not even sure who it was, but it, it stuck with me. They kind of described it almost like a sour beer, but not sour. Uh, hmm. so it oh, interesting. does okay. have like that, like I've been calling it like a brightness to it. Um, you can definitely kind of feel the sodium right away, especially if you're, you're having one like while you're still sweating, like right after a big run or a ride. Um, hmm. And then yeah. how much sodium is in a, is in a, I don't know, a pint or a can, uh, however you, you would typically measure it. I'm just curious from a, from a straight up hydration perspective. Yeah. So the sodium is the, it, so here's the thing. We, we have, um, a lot of stats. We've done the basic lab work on the product and okay. we are going to do like a, a serious, you know, get a serious food lab to help get exact electrolyte levels. The sodium is easy. So like, because we're actually just putting salts in there. Yes, I figured. Yeah. Um, so myself and our master brewer advisor, we modeled it for the sodium to be, you know, in that range of 350 to 375 milligrams, mm-hmm. Okay. which would be a common kind of, you know, to be honest, I'm learning about all this nutrition stuff. You would probably know a ton more than me. Well, I've got a I've got a podcast for you. I mean, I've got a podcast episode for you. Oh, really? I got it. It was one we did. Yeah, listen. If you're this, this actually might be useful for you. If you're, if you're, um, you know, if your goal is really a functional, functional beverage. Yeah. Uh, we did um an interview a while back. I got to dig up the number, uh, the episode number with uh, Andy Blow, who's the founder of Precision Hydration, and they are probably the you know, recognized as the kind of the industry leader right now, or at least one of them in terms of um, hi- pure hydration products, right? So they're, you know, this is, ter- <laughs> I don't want to make this into a precision hydration ad. Yeah. Um, I also have no no financial stake in, in in pushing their product, but they are they do have a legitimately a legitimately good product, but also they, they spend a lot of time on education and on um, just, you know, uh, empowering people to make good hydration decisions. And uh, we did an interview with the founder, as I said, Alan. So it's, okay. that's an episode that's probably worth checking out. I'll send you the the number. I'm going to definitely look at that tonight. Show. And then so we modeled it to have uh, 100 milligrams potassium, 25 milligrams magnesium, and 12.5 milligrams calcium. Now, mm-hmm. okay. beer is a natural product. It's a living product. So, you know, from when we went from brewing in, you know, my mom's garage to doing our first kind of more professional um, pilot brew of a few hundred liters to now we're brewing, you know, thousands and, and getting into brewing tens, you know, even tens of thousands of liters. Um, mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy, but we do brew with a significant amount of black currant. We did up it significantly from our initial homebrew days because we weren't getting quite the amount of um, quite the richness in the electrolytes as, as we wanted. Oh, okay. uh, we're now I'm very happy with it. And, we do hope to like a, definitely this next batch. It's going to be bigger. You know, I'd like to get it into a like a serious food lab and, and uh, you know drill into those stats more. Right, right. Listeners, beer, as you know, it typically isn't uh, thought of as something you would drink for 
primarily for its hydrating benefits because of course alcohol is um is a diuretic and so it uh, it tends to dehydrate rather than rather than hydrate so Alan, do you have any um any studies or any thoughts on how effective uh rally is versus you know water versus a, a you know a traditional sports hydration drink is this something that you're going to see cyclists uh pouring into their water bottles as they uh as they do events like the butter tart well, I, I certainly hope so. Um, <laughs> there's, you know, that's the one thing that you know I am very cognizant, especially as the founder, and we're telling the story, is that, you know, you got to consume it in moderation. So, you know, it's still beer. Alcohol, it's still beer. If you drink a bunch of them, like you're gonna do something stupid. Um, so, you know, very much aware for that. That's one reason why it's super important. Our next beer, we've already started the R&D, is non-alcoholic. Um, okay. So then we can kind of do all these types of studies, like unfettered and also unfettered from a marketing perspective. Um, because I have to be very careful with what we can and can't say, you know, with respect to any alcoholic product. Sure, of course. Now, you know, there, I've read all the studies online. We haven't conducted any. Um, you know. I guess one thing I maybe left left out, you know, this is, we are hundred percent bootstrap, hundred percent self-funded. We purposely have turned down all offers for external investment because we want to keep our vision intact and we want to make sure we continue to grow this thing organically, authentically, and with the support of our community. So this is not the kind of thing that we're just trying to blow up and grow and then, you know, peace out. We want to engage with, support, ride with, participate in you know all these types of events that that we love and that you know are our passions and you know hopefully our our fans and our customers passions cool but that being said there's a lot of stuff you can read out there beer in moderation i do believe it to be a healthy beverage especially unfiltered beer there's a lot of complex b vitamins you know especially in unfiltered beer once you filter it like a coors light all those complex b vitamins go away um even all the yeast sediments you know it's good for your gut uh, there's a lot of evidence and there's a lot of studies that support that. Okay. And, you know, it's also just the culture piece. And, you know, as much as we're a beer company, we want to be a catalyst for people to, you know, go out and do that adventure they've been wanting to, that extra little kick to go, you know, sign up for, you know, one bigger race or, you know, even if you haven't even pulled your runners out of the closet for a year, you know, let's all, oh, let's go lace up and then, you know, enjoy a rally as that kind of reward. Right. Um, so it's the part of a healthier, more fun, more adventurous lifestyle. Um, you know, and, and beer has a wonderful way of bringing people together. I think that's been the biggest positive that beer's done for our society is it, it, it it's, and not to use my word, but it's kind of a rallying point for people you know, when there's a race and there's a beer tent after, you know, you're more likely to probably hang out and chat with other people and meet people than, you know, if there wasn't, you might be more likely just to get in your car and drive home. Yep. No, it's absolutely true. Having done a button, you know, a whole bunch of races, that's the races with the beer tents are the ones where the, where people stick around. Yeah. So, you know, there's that community element to it as well. Um, but yeah, I, I do believe it to be a very hydrating beverage, you know, again, in moderation. For sure. And I mean, I, it was kind of a loaded question. Um, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it is. Yeah. I think, I think you've, I think you answered it quite well. I think it is, you know, it's important for 
for folks to realize, obviously, it still has alcohol. What is the alcohol percentage of Rally, the, the, the ale that you have right now? So it's 4.9%. Um, okay. yeah. The strategy there in general is just we want to be sub five across our whole portfolio. So we, in general, we want to encourage people to drink less alcohol. Um, the tricky thing here is we're educating people on almost a new category of beer. So by making a 4.9, you know, we accomplished sub five. It's a slightly lower ABV, basically not though, if we're just being honest here, but <laughs> it, it was just a way to be like, I wanted people to look at the alcohol and be like, okay, it's just like a standard beer. Okay. But what else is unique about it? And then, so it gives us that opportunity to, to dig in a little bit into what is, what is unique about rally rather than try and say, Hey, it's a super low ABV. And it's got, you know, it's rich in electrolytes and it's a functional beer and it's all these things people have never really heard of or, or done. So that was a, a bit more of a gut feel business decision, but, you know, also being a beer drinker myself, you know, I do like a, you know, a full beer. Absolutely. Yeah. That was kind of, I, I, I'm not a huge beer drinker, um, but uh, mostly because of actually like some health reasons. So some of the stuff you've, you've mentioned earlier, as far as, um, you know, as far as gut health, uh, sort of piques my own interest, but, uh, mm-hmm. certainly my not, not at all professional take on it is that you might turn some people off if you do make it a, a pretty low ABV. Yeah. Just the, those traditional beer drinkers may, may look sideways at it. Yep. And like, as we grow a portfolio, we're definitely leaning that way where we will do some really low ABV fun beers. Um, Again, not to kind of sing my kind of sad song here, but as a bootstrap startup, like we're, we're launching with this one and then we're going to expand. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, definitely coming soon. And, and again, definitely coming soon is the non-alcoholic as well. Very cool. Something I'm super passionate about to do that because it just open, makes sure that it's accessible to everyone. Yeah. Um, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Cause especially while well, you are saying that you're not, you're not going to be sticking to the, uh, you know, the sporting community, but certainly non-alcoholic beer would see a little bit more of an uptake as far as, you know, uh, as far as that community on, you know, in, in more like daily, daily drinking, you know, sometimes the, uh, yeah. the more serious amongst us, they'll, uh, they'll stay away from alcohol completely during certain phases of training. Yep. Um, just with the understanding that it's, you know, for, for sake of recovery, uh, alcohol intake, I mean, it, certainly in, in small moderation probably isn't going to do you any damage, but, yep. uh, in not in moderation is going to have a negative impact on recovery for sure. And, you know, there's lots of stories, crazy stories of, you know, back in the day, Tour de France, they were putting beer in your water bottles. Yeah, It absolutely. was mainly, I believe, as like almost like a numbing agent just so they could, <laughs> you know, numb some of the pain that those guys were in, you know, on those old bikes doing those crazy hills. Um, but there's lots of people that are quite famously putting, you know, a half of a stout mix, like a actual stout or different types of IPAs. You know, people are mixing it with water, half and half in water bottles. There's lots of um, uh, like marathon runners that are doing that. Interesting. That is, I'd love to know what the what the thinking behind that is. Like, what's the what the um, purport, purported benefit would be? Yeah, well, there's a bunch of guys. Um, New Belgium out of Colorado is big into it, and um, okay, the brewmaster there. He, I, I believe it was, it's the brewmaster, or maybe the director of sales or something. He's a huge marathon runner, and he's always uh, drinking beer during them. Cool. I'd love to, uh, I'd love to learn more. Cause it's, you know, we're, there's a lot of, um, generally in the industry, um, with a lot of things, there's a lot of convergence in our, in my industry. I mean, in, in, yep. in endurance sports, you know, like 
we we talk about this all the time. You know, bikes are starting to look similar, although there's some interesting stuff happening with gravel now. Yeah. Um, but like triathlon bikes are kind of looking similar and, you know, wheels and things and, um, and training methodologies or some people who are diverging, but most kind of mostly people are going in the same direction. But then when you have something that, that deviates fairly dramatically, something that you would not think would be, uh, would be something that's, you know, performance enhancing, adding, adding an alcoholic beverage into your bottles. Yeah. Um, if there's some good evidence that it is, I would love to know about it. Cause that's, uh, that's fascinating. Yeah. And like, to be honest, like some part of it is, is a bit of probably mental attitude. Totally. I don't know if he feels more badass because he's drinking. <laughs> but, you know, there, there's something to be said about that. And that's part of the 100%. energy that we're trying to create with rally. Like, you know, when I'm thinking of rally, I'm thinking I'm, I'm only halfway up this, this big hill on my bike and I'm dying. Like, I'm <laughs> like, I got to rally. I got to get up there. I got to finish this ride strong. And, you know, so we're, we're, we're definitely trying to capture an energy and, you know, so far, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of energy in the community and then, you know, it's, it's really exciting. Okay. Let's talk about that community. So, um, I'll tell you what my, how I learned about you guys. There was an article in uh, Canadian running, I believe yep. that was, uh, that made the rounds in the kind of on the social, the social media that I follow, at least the circles that I, it popped up on a whole bunch of feeds that I, that I look after. Cool. Um, so that was, that was a successful move for you guys, I'm sure. Uh, or that was a successful move for you guys from my, uh, my vantage point anyway. Uh, that's what made me. Yeah. I didn't even know that was happening. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> It was organic. I, mean, I have no idea how they. Oh, that's awesome! Us. I th- usually with those guys, you it's um it's pay to play, right? Like you you put in an advertorial, and then that's how they feature you. But uh, yeah, um, no. clearly I was nothing. Yeah. No there you go. That's amazing. Because <laughs> that, you got you got some mileage out of that piece, um, and then cool. I should go. Talk. It was it's it's really funny. I was talking to a couple of friends of mine, actually a couple of guys I used to coach. Um, and one of them is running a, um, he's got a new, he's also got a startup uh, where he's doing some community building around cycling. Um, and we were talking about doing like just a, a very friendly time trial, just the, the three of us, because, you know, he can't do big events these days um, and mm-hmm. something totally under the radar. And then he, he has it going as a virtual event through his outfit and, uh, and I mentioned that I was doing an interview with you guys, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I know them. We're we're talking with this shop and them, and to do to do kind of a fondo in the fall." So it's amazing how you know when you said that you just that you just you know launched Rally or you went full time in July. Um, yeah, it seems like you've made a splash, and uh, at least in the, the the Toronto cycling running scene. Thanks. We're trying. I'm literally working. Usually my eyelids start to fall down at the desk <laughs> after a big day. And, uh, but yeah, we're literally, we're, we're a hundred percent all in and we like, it's super important to me that we're actually out there engaging, riding with these people running and, you know, also supporting them and sponsoring them, yeah. you know, as much as we can. Sure. Uh, one thing that COVID did for us, which was actually like, you know, was kind of almost lucky for us is that, you know, always envisioned it growing kind of, you know, as inspired by the cliff bar story you know, in general, Cliff Bar is like sponsoring like a thousand events a year. And they were going after like micro influencers before micro influencers was a word. Mm-hmm. And that's how they got the word out. You know, so we were looking at all these big bike races and starting to talk about how we would sponsor them. And it's quite expensive. So, you know, once COVID happened, that was off the table. And I was like, 
yes, because I don't have any money anyways. So I was like, <laughs> now it's like how scrappy, how grassrootsy can we get? Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that's what we've been really good at is putting ourselves out there like I'm the face to it. Like ask me any question. Give me your honest feedback. We'll take it in. We will, you know, listen to you. We will make changes where we need to. Um and, you know, I think that, that, that resonates with this community, especially like the outdoor sports adventure community. They, I think they really like that. And I hope that people feel like they can be a part of our story. And seriously, anyone listening to this, reach out to me. The phone number on our website is my cell phone, you know, right into social media. It's me handling everything. Um, so trying to make sure I, I can stay as accessible as possible to this community. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you know, I, I'm not a marketing guy, so, but uh, the immediate thought I had when I was reading about your, um, you know, your beer in that Canadian running article was well, you guys have to do a beer mile because it's like it was like a match made in heaven. Right. So my question to you, man, is when where, when and where is the beer mile? All right. That's a good. <laughs> and honestly, I love it when the community challenges me. We, we will we will host a beer mile and if you guys want to uh, be a part of it and help us make it happen, like let's, let's do it. Um, yeah. I mean, I've got, I know, I, <laughs> I know a lot of Toronto runners and uh, a, a lot of them who, who like beer and who like, you know, who like running while drinking beer. I'm yeah. my own running's kind of gone steadily downhill since the pandemic. Um, yeah. I've been mostly riding, yeah. but I think my like beer chugging skills, that's kind of like, it's kind of like riding a bike. Like once you, you know, yeah. Well, once you do, you know, once you learn how to do it, you kind of it stays with you. So I'm, uh, I'll put my hand up, but okay. uh, and I can probably, I can probably get a get a few like minded individuals uh, in for a go as well. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to be a force to be reckoned with out there too. Awesome. There you go. But yeah, definitely, we want to do fun stuff like that. We'll do adventure series, bunch of rides. Um, I'm planning to do another bike packing trip where we park the rally van halfway so people can load tents in there. You know, we'll do a barbecue and have some beers out halfway, do a kind of a two day bike tour. Lovely. Uh, run the beer mile. Like, let's do it. If you want to, if you can help me make that happen, like, I would love that. My only one thing is just like, I've been very cognizant that different people have different comfortabilities around events right now. Yeah. With COVID. Yeah. So I just, I don't want to go and do something that, you know, bad PR for you guys? I don't care about bad PR, but I don't want someone to feel like they can't be a part of it because of this or that. Or, you know, we want to just, we're taking into consideration now, you know, you know, I'm trying to learn how to become a leader. Like I've never had a company before. And so this is all new to me. And, you know, I just want to make sure I don't, I don't want to come off like, yeah, we can do this and that and this event. And, you know, it might just, you know, put some people off. I don't know. But if we can do it in a responsible fashion, like I'm, we will sponsor, we'll provide the beers. Let's get a bunch of people out for it. That would be a ton of fun. So I think uh, I can speak a little bit to that um, because so as a, you know, as a coach and uh, I, obviously I went from, from most of my coaching's online, mm -hmm. um, but I was doing when COVID kind of, when the lockdown hit in March, mid-March, uh, we were doing a lot of, you know, strength training, uh, track running, uh, a lot of in-person stuff through X3, which is my coaching outfit. Um, and then obviously all of that shut down. And now we're back to running track. We're running outdoors, yep. which is, you know, my opinion. And then, you know, I, I think based on evidence and I, cause I kind of think of myself as an evidence-based kind of guy, yeah. outdoor activities are fairly safe, I think, as yeah. long as you maintain distance. Um, so certainly we'd have to be, we'd have to think about how 
how we organize something like this. Mm-hmm. And this is just me like, kind of thinking out loud, you know, with, with certainly with like handling the beer and making sure that people open their own beers and things like that, you know, just, just you, you would, you would set it up a little bit differently, but I think you could still, you know, you could maintain separation between folks, uh, maybe stagger the, you know, the start lines a little bit so that <laughs> yeah. you know people aren't too close to each other, but there's, there's ways to solve this problem. But to address what you were saying about comfort, um, I think that that's a real, that's a real, concern because even though we've gone back to track like the the folks that i coach and then some of the people that just run with me um some people are not comfortable doing it mm-hmm. right and so we were you know pretty upfront about it uh that we're gonna we're gonna adhere to the 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 guidelines set up by toronto public health um we're gonna keep our you know our two meter distance apart from each other and other people um and we were keeping our strict participation limits now there are 150 people so yeah. it's not a factor for me but when they were 10 people i was careful not to have more than that yeah but there are still people who are not who are not going to be comfortable doing that yeah. and that's I think in my in my experience in 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 you know kind of my community what I would like to consider my community that those folks are in the minority but they're they're there. Mm-hmm. So it's um you know maybe that it, it merits another conversation between you and I and then or whoever else is participating yeah. and then just to see if you know if you're still comfortable with that fact but I I, I think it's it's a small minority but it is definitely there are definitely people who just who are not comfortable doing any kind of you know, event with other people. But I mean, that would, that would also apply to, to, you know, any kind of cycling event, you know, you would, those those people who are, who are still a little bit unsure about being around others, I think they wouldn't be comfortable with that either. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't mean we can't do it. Um, Just something that I'm, uh, I am a bit more aware of than I maybe otherwise would be. Sure. Just because we're putting ourselves out there. Um, But that being said, anyone who's listening to this podcast, you know, let's let's make this happen. Yeah, send me a, send me a note, listeners. Let's uh, let's do a beer mile in uh, in the somewhere in the GTA. Um, somewhere in the GTA, done. Yeah, we'll be there in the rally van. Awesome. I'm gonna start training. <laughs> I have to start running again too, unless I can unless I can bike it now, which would be even less. Safe. I know I haven't <laughs> run much, so I'll probably be you know. Yeah. A little bit hurting. But. <laughs> it's all about it's all about good fun. We had um we did one with Eastbound um in the fall. Okay. Uh in October. And that was a really fun event. Um it was it was it wasn't big. I think we had we had uh maybe a dozen people doing it. Okay. Eight or twelve people. And it was uh it went off really well. It was super fun. Yeah. No, so this yeah. is a bucket list item. I've never done one. I gotta do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Okay. Um, <laughs> with that, uh, I want to say, Alan, thank you so much. This is a really fun conversation. Um, as I said, you know, in the in off air when we were first uh, first chatting, uh, a lot of the conversations that Andrew and I have are, you know, very technical and very kind of. You know, uh, some people would consider dry, although I find them fascinating. So it's 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 super fun to have a conversation about something that's uh, that's that's just so different. Like I said, I never would have thought I'd be I'd be interviewing somebody who makes beer on the podcast. Cool. Well, glad to uh, offer a little bit of extra entertainment here. And, <laughs> you know, the product's great, and I stand behind it a hundred percent. And it, it's all about like like our tagline: pursue your passion. You know, we want to support you know you guys and the whole sports community to you know, accomplish their, their goals and, and, you know, let's go do some fun adventures. Let's do this beer mile. I'm all in, um, <laughs> Perfect. consider that sponsorship done. And, uh, yeah, it was really fun to do my first ever podcast. 
There you go. Well, I'm sure you're going to do a whole bunch more. Uh, but before I let you go, I need to know um, a couple of things. First of all, where can people uh, connect with you guys? Uh, what are your social channels and uh, website? And I'll, of course, put them in the show notes uh, so that people don't have to write them down as you say them. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so we're uh, mainly, I guess, on Instagram at Rally Beer Co. Um, people can follow me personally, get a little bit more color and a bit of behind the scenes, Ali rally bud. <laughs> okay. It's a bit ridiculous. Um, but, but, it, but it's very fun at the same time. It's the first time I'm kind of putting myself out there. Uh, you know, then it's just the typical stuff. Rallybeerco.ca, uh, is our main website. You can learn more about us. You can sign up for a newsletter. Um, all my contact information, it's my personal information essentially is on that site. Um, hello at, at Rally Beer Co. goes right to me, but also if you type in Alan at rallybeerco.ca, you can email me directly. Perfect, perfect. And then uh, where can folks get it? You mentioned LCBOs. Uh, are all of them? Uh, what I don't, I know nothing about beer distribution, so right. forgive the um, uh, the newbie question. But where where can people actually buy a rally? The LCBO is really tough for new brands, so we we have to convince each and every store manager to carry the product. Oh, holy smokes! Uh, it's like that, huh? It's like that. It's door-to-door sales right now. Um, we have got in 100% of the LCBOs that we've physically gone to. So right now, the the challenge is just um, daylight and how big Ontario is. I didn't realize how much... <laughs> Ontario is big. There's an LCBO in every little, little nook and cranny, too. It's insane. So if you go to lcbo.com and you search for Rally Beer Co., you can see... Um, up-to-date inventory across all of our LCBOs. We're in about 35 to 40 right now. Uh, cool. We did sell out, so a few drop off because we, we did stock out, but we're packaging and I'm picking up um, a lot of beer tomorrow. And me and my partner, Spencer, we're out there making deliveries, wrecking my back a little bit more. And, <laughs> um, you know, right now we're kind of focused. We're in a lot of the Muskoka area. We're in a lot of the call, all the Collingwood, Meaford, Owen Sound, which is kind of like our home base. Okay. Um, and then we're in a growing amount of GTA, LCBOs, even Golden Horseshoe. So, you know, as far, um, I guess, west as like St. Catharines. Um, so, you know, we're focusing there, but in the very, very near future, we'll start opening up markets, you know, like Ottawa and you know further afield in ontario and then you know we we've got discussions going in alberta and british columbia because you know i think these communities are very strong out there too so um for sure as far as endurance sport absolutely so those will be the next steps um you know we're trying to do things learn as we go but uh yeah that's kind of where we're at right now that's awesome so um listeners i'll link to uh to the social channels that alan mentioned and to the website um, and then I'll, uh, I'll pop it, pop the search link, the LCBO search link in there as well. So you can kind of click and see where, where there's stock. I gotta, I'm gonna check it out myself so I can, yeah. I can do a little taste test. I know I sh- we should have been a bit more organized. I could have got, made sure you had a sample here for this interview. <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been good. That would, as, and so because, as I mentioned, I, I don't drink a lot of beer uh, that makes me uh, like an amazing lightweight at drinking. So okay, this yeah. interview would have become much more entertaining, even with okay. just one well, one beer <laughs> under the, my the belt. The post-interview beer, maybe. That's right. Yes. Um, awesome, man. This was a ton of fun. Thanks again for coming on. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Uh, listeners, as always, thank you so much for uh, tuning in. 
If you like the show, do rate and or review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and uh, consider financially supporting the show by following the link to Supercast. 